Do you believe in Aslan? said Caspian to Nickabrick. I'll believe in anyone or anything, said Nickabrick, that'll batter these cursed Telmarine barbarians to pieces or drive them out of Narnia. Anyone or anything. Aslan or the White Witch. Do you understand? Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Chase. And I'm Kel. Thank you all for joining us today. Just a reminder that today we are talking about the fourth book in the series, Prince Caspian. But general spoiler warning for the whole Narnia series, as well as a heads up that we do go on tangents into other stories we enjoy. We do our best to give spoiler warnings along the way if we do anything too crazy, but today we're discussing Prince Caspian, Chapter 6, The People That Lived in Hiding. Mm, hiders and seekers. Uh, Chase, let me start us off with a summary real quick. Uh, the party of dwarves, the badger, and Caspian set off on their journey through the mountains overlooking Archenland. So really, this is the adventure through the mountains, uh, unlike the previous chapter. But we digress. They first went to see the three bulgy bears. Uh, that's a name. Uh, who at first didn't want to get up from their hibernation, understandably. But Truffle Hunter and the Badger explained that Narnia was best with the son of Adam as king. So they all gave Caspian a snuffly wet kiss and offered him honey because, you know, they're bears. Uh, next, they went and met a squirrel called Pattertwig who gave Caspian a nut because squirrels. They tasked the squirrel with spreading the news that they would be calling a great meeting at Dancing Log. Uh, after this, they went to visit the seven brothers of Shuddering Wood, a family of dwarves, working a forge. They took longer to convince to support Caspian, but when they did come around, they offered him things much better than honey and nuts. They gave him swords and armor that had been forged by dwarves, a much more suitable gift, but whatever. They decided not to visit the ogres and hags because, uh, you know, they wouldn't have Azad support and because, you know, prejudice. Uh, Nickabrick thinks this is dumb and says he would join anyone who would get rid of the Tumarines, even the White Witch, since she wasn't really bad to the dwarves, uh, which, you know, we'll get into that later. They go to see the centaurs, and Glenstorm, their leader, was a prophet and a stargazer, so he knew uh, what they had come about. He declared, long live the king, and said his sons were prepared for war and asked when they could join the battle. Caspian hadn't even considered that they would be fighting a war to drive Miraz out of Narnia, but the centaur confirmed the time was ripe and also pointed out that he was riding around in armor with a sword gathering supporters. Fair point. Next, to Caspian's surprise, they met a mouse called Reepicheep, the hero of this story and every story, who offered the resources of he and his 11 mouse companions. They meet a bunch of others and talk about how they wish they could wake the trees, though they had fallen into a deep sleep since the time of men, except when they punch humans off of their horse. Meanwhile, Nickabrick mocked them for thinking the trees could move in the first place. For a bit, there was silence, but then Caspian began to hear music in the distance, and finally he saw the fawns emerge from the woods, dancing, and they accepted Caspian as king at once, since they had, uh, since they had been sent by Pattertwig the Squirrel, uh, who is, you know, real efficient, uh, and is similar to a, a stag that we uh, have previously met in a different book. Uh, when Caspian awoke the next morning, he couldn't believe it wasn't all a dream, but there were hoof marks in the grass. Yeah, when he looked back on the grass, he realized the hoof marks had been carrying him the whole time. <laughs> How many times are we going to make this same joke? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> no, it stops being funny. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure we've said this in like like eight different podcast episodes, and I love it every time. It works. It's a classic. It's, still, it's a classic. Uh, those were they were there the whole time. Uh, but Chase, they uh, as we you know closed last chapter, they've decided to go out to the others, the Narnians, in hiding. Uh, and the the chapter opens with these are the best days of Caspian's life. Like this is a little extreme. Like if I mean, this, it might just be sadly true. To be honest, it might be sadly true. But like the dude was like even even if his aunt hates him and his uncle is kind of rude, like the dude was still being raised as a prince as like an heir to the throne. Like he had. Yeah, that's that's fair. He he was. <laughs> He was the rich kid growing up in a castle, running around in the woods, meeting, talking yeah. animals. Sounds fine, but right. best days of your life is a stretch. It seems like a stretch to me, but you know, whatever, privileged Caspian kid. Uh, so he, you know, they make their way first to the three bulgy bears, which like, Chase, this just seems like a mean title like maybe yeah. bulgy is their last name i don't their family name think it is i think it's just fat shaming because the whole joke of this scene is that they were hibernating and they had to get woken up and they're still bulgy because as everyone knows bears have to eat a lot of food so they can go to sleep for months on end yeah and but then they you know they get woken up and uh like are convinced about caspian and uh being like the rightful king of narnia and they get really excited and you know they give him some you know snuffly wet bear kisses uh and then they just cover him in honey uh like, i guess that's that's a thing uh you know because they're bears what else yeah. are they gonna yeah. do because yeah it's the only food that exists for a bear um yeah Everyone i related knows. real hard to these bears because they went and, like banged on their door and they're just like, go away. It's not time to get up yet. And and that really feels relatable because I, too, did not want to have to wake up to, to do anything this morning. And Man. I just Amen. wish that, uh, we could really normalize sleeping for three months at a time. Yeah, dude. Normalize human hibernation. Let's, let's get on that. Uh, but uh, after the bulgy bears... Uh, and after you know, Caspian like de-stickifies himself from all the all the honey. Uh, they come upon a giant red squirrel uh, that is called Pattertwig. That's a good name for a squirrel, I think. Yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty solid. Like, good job on your nomenclature here, C.S. Lewis. Like, it's much better than in you know in previous circumstances. Uh, and you know, Pattertwig is super hyped. Uh, and like you know, all squirrels, uh, he's a talker. He is a he is a chatty Kathy for sure, and they're like, "Hey, let's use let's take advantage of this," uh, and they go and send Patter Twig uh, to you know he has a great idea. Patter Twig's like, "Hey, like like let me go talk to everyone else and send messages to other friends," and they're like, "That's a great idea, like go for it." And he just he's off, uh, and he's like, "Ah, you should probably tell the Bulgies too, <laughs> because we forgot to mention uh, it to them to like everyone like you know to gather, which like." What are they doing if not gathering people? I'm just just meeting the neighbors, just hanging out. Hey, new to the hiding place in the in the woods. I uh, just wanted to introduce myself. Uh, I'm one of the people who's you know who like whose race has been killing you all. Uh, but howdy, 
Yeah. Also, would you please honor me as king? Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It uh, really is way weirder to think about the fact that they didn't go out here with a plan. Like they just went out to meet people so that Caspian could meet old Narnians and get us fixed on that front. Like, is this uh is this Caspian like shaking hands and kissing babies? Like as he's, you know, doing it like he's he's gathering his political constitu- political constituency. Oh, for sure. But it's like it feels basically like Caspian is in Caspian's mind, he's playing tourist. And then sure. in uh in Truffle Hunter's mind, he's like, Well, here's the actual king. It's Yeah. Which I mean it really takes the centaurs to uh to bring them all together. Yeah, God bless the centaurs, uh, the prophets uh, of the land, as everyone knows. Uh, but so they they then, after uh, leaving um, Monsieur Pattertwig, uh, they head over to the Seven Brothers of the Shuddering Wood, which we find out are uh, more dwarves. Because uh, you can't have a family of dwarves if there's not seven of them. There has to be seven dwarves at all times. Uh, if you leave, that's fine. Can I name seven dwarves? I I don't think I could name seven dwarves. Happy, Dopey, Sneezy, Sleepy. Um, There's Doc in there. Uh, Bashful. And... uh, Oh, man. I guess... Did I say who? Weepy? Is a weepy one? Is there an angry one? Is there an angry Angry. one? Angry. Yeah, I think angry. Yeah, that's that's got like if if his name's not angry, that's his personality characteristic. Grumpy. Grumpy. That's it. That's his personality. There we go, Chase. We did it. Uh, We should really go back to naming people after their personality traits. Yeah. And like you, would, your personality would be that you're vegan because kale. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I thought you were gonna say my personality characteristic could be like mustache. Uh, <laughs> I mean, mustache is a personality as well. You're right. They call me Kel Stashto. Uh, that is, uh, you can you can refer to me to this. Uh, I call you Chase Handsome. Uh, after, you know that's how it works, uh, but. They meet the uh, the brothers of the Shuddering Wood, uh, and they are not as you know quick to receive Caspian as their king. Uh, you know they were a little bit more suspicious. Uh, you know they're you know they're dwarves, so they gotta like live underground and everything, obviously. Uh, but they are you know they're a little bit you know slower in coming, but they come around and they all cried long live the king, and then they start making. Caspian like male shirts and helmets and swords like pretty pretty legit and they offer him the trumpkin and knickerbrick as well and they're pumped and then truffle hunter though is like no i'm a badger and if my teeth and claws don't work then you know nothing will for me like nothing is worth using which yeah, i feel like excited but you know <laughs> like i i feel like they could have like these are skilled you know craftsmen they easily could have made like some male armor at least to like fit around truffle hunter's body, like as a badger. 
that could have protected him. Have a Cowboys jersey that can fit on my dog, then yeah, I feel like they could make a male shirt that fits on a badger. One hundred percent, and it's basically the same thing. They both protect you from evil, uh, yeah. which you know, yeah. Well, that I mean, is what it is. The Texas jersey should come in today because in the time we're for your dog, the Texas OU game is tomorrow, and if he doesn't show support, he's sleeping outside. So you'll you'll know by chapter seven. Uh, podcast uh, whether or not uh, we are sad Longhorns or glad Longhorns. Uh, I'm glad so far, but Texas has disappointed me before. It would not be the first time, and it won't be the last. Uh, But they, uh, you know, they they keep going on, uh, and they, you know, reach the cave of the uh, of Nickerbrick's people, the Black Dwarfs, uh, who again, black hair and dark features. Uh, and they are even not a more name for these for nope. the bad guys. Let's let's stop that. Yep. Uh, but they uh, they are even more suspicious. But in the end, they are they pull the enemy of my enemy card, uh, and they're like, "Well, if he's against Miraz, we'll have him for a king. Anything's better than them." Uh, and then he's like, "Hey, would you like us to go introduce you to we we know an ogre or two, and there's a hag up there." And Caspian and Truffle Hunter pull some real, like, Narnian privilege pre- prejudice up here. And they're like, no, we don't want those kind of people uh, in our in our army. Like, God forbid we have any supporter who's willing to, like, you know, have Caspian as king. And, like, what if these are people, what if, like, the ogre and, you know, hag, they're just mislabeled. They've had a lot of time to, like, think and, you know, remove their family from the you know ugly history of the white witch and now they're Aslan supporters you never know i mean it really feels like c.s lewis should have done like a script flip like regular talking beast is bad guy classical enemy creature is good guy like that feels like it would have been an appropriate like subplot but Missed opportunity. Yeah. All over Missed opportunity. Yeah. Just ask Shrek. Yep. Uh, that's what I learned from the movies. Shrek is that we should judge people by what they look like and their past actions. That's what um, I learned middle school, elementary school, high school, even yeah. a little bit of college. It's judge people by what they look like. I love it. it it's worked so well, uh, you know, for people historically. So I'm, I'm for it. Um, but, at this point, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, what issues could we have? Uh, but it's it, it, it leads into this weird conversation. Like, we obviously are being facetious here. Uh, but it's like, you know, they, I don't know. They're not, there's not a lot of grace and redemption here for, you know, people who have rough histories. Uh, and Trouble Hunter says, we should not have Aslan for a friend if we brought in that rabble. Which, first of all, like... Yeah, that's just, that's just rude. That's just rude, and like that's not a great way to refer to people. Um, and so, but he's mentioning Aslan, and this leads into this conversation that we open the chapter with with the quote: "Trumpkin says, oh Aslan, what matters much more is that you wouldn't have me.' Trumpkin is he's the realist here. He's the he's our like our friendly neighborhood skeptic, our our agnostic friend who is like you know what like." Aslan could be there, but more importantly, like you're, if you bring in, you know, these people, which again, 
Jason and I are not condoning this, but this is their argument. It's like, you'll lose, you'll lose me and you'll lose our dwarves and things like that. And uh, Caspian then turns to Nicobrick, who, not the skeptic, but our, our atheist, our non-believer, says, do you believe in Aslan? And he says, I'll believe in anyone or anything that'll, that'll you know, help me defeat the Telmarines and drive them out of Narnia, anyone or anything, Aslan or the White Witch. Uh, as Chase mentioned uh, off pod, this is the very utilitarian view where it's like the ends justify or the me the ends justify the means uh you know as long as i get what i need i'll believe in whatever i need to yeah in the relationship of nickabrick and uh and trumpkin in their party is to play the cynic versus the skeptic that's mm-hmm. kind of the contrast that's happening there whereas the skeptic Trumpkin is just like, well, I don't know if it's worth putting all your eggs in the basket of someone you're not even sure exists. Nickabrick is in the camp of like, well, I don't really care whether he exists or not. I just want to make sure that I get mine. Yeah. And it's uh, like, he, he reveals this mindset even further afterwards because Truffle Hunter is like, bro, why would you even say that? Like, do you know what you're like that? Like, like who you're wanting to support here. Like you're talking about the white witch who was terrible. And he says like, not to the dwarves. She wasn't like, which is a, it's a really interesting thing. And that's what I'm going to be talking about more about this in my further up and further in. Uh, But it's, it's the, like the, when you're so far removed from history, how things can be portrayed because, you know, He's he's just remembering like well you know dwarves weren't treated super great you know they were the bad guys and also the logic of this or that person was good to quote unquote my people mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily make them morally good that right. means that that is the way that whatever social groups played out at that time for better or for worse right to let them fall on racial or in in this book, special lines feel Mm -hmm. like it's just asking for bad things to come out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's tough, but I'll talk about more of that later. And so they move from the black dwarfs, uh, you know, again, terrible name, but it is what it is at this point. And they are making their way through. And then here come the centaurs, the, uh, you know, the majestic noble creatures that they are. And uh, Glenstorm, their leader, uh, who is a prophet, mind you, as we are told. Right. Uh, cool. He's already aware of exactly who this is and what they're about. And he's like, hey, we're here. Long live the king. Me and my sons are all ready for war. And Caspian's like, wait, what? It's like, war, yeah. War? Mars is bright tonight. Mars is bright tonight. I'm pretty sure that's Ferenz in Harry Potter. Uh, good deep dive there, Chase. That was that was solid. Uh, it, it's not Mars in this instance, but it is Tarva and Alambil, um, who have met in the halls of the high heaven. Uh, are these the same like star gods that were mentioned in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? I don't know. The name has very Lord of the Rings quality to it. It does. Uh, I think the Alan Bill, where it's like Ellen Dill and 
like all of those sounds very familiar. But uh, he's he's like, hey, yeah, of course we're going to war. Like, what are you talking about? Like, the you know, it's it's clearly in the heavens. Uh, you know, uh, the the time is ripe. Like, we're ready to go. Uh, you're you know, we have a king uh, and a son of Adam who's you know ready to like be partnered with the creatures again. Uh, the hour is struck. This needs to be a council of war. And he's like, also, like, you're carrying around, like, swords and helmets and, like, what what did you expect? Like, were, were you, I thought, you know, this was kind of obvious, like, to that in order to, like, have, you know, for, for you to be the rightful king, and there's already a king in place, like, Miraz has already showed that he's willing to kill. Like, what were you expecting to do to earn your kingdom? Yeah, it's, so. I mean... Seems short-sighted, but also, how old is Caspian at this point? I'm thinking... Several years passed in the last two chapters. Right. I'm thinking, like, around, like, I think him and Peter are probably the same age-ish right now. So I'm thinking older teenager. Yeah, I kind of have 15 in my head for him. I've got like a junior in high school. So like anywhere okay, so from like, like 15 16, to 17, 17 range. That's what I'm thinking. That makes sense. Cause I mean, it's very much the like short sightedness of age of like, well, yeah. you would have never thought that you'd have to be, you know, going to war with your uncle, but why would you? You're, you're a teenager. Right. He's that's fair. All these adults who've been living under oppression waiting for something to be set into motion to actually give them their freedom or at least some relief from what they've been living under. So Caspian has kind of the naivety of coming out of his privilege, whereas mm-hmm. they have the kind of dark realism of living under oppression. For sure. Uh, but yeah, so... He, you know, the centaurs are ready to go to war and they declare that they need to have a council of war uh, at the dancing lawn, uh, you know, not just a, you know, uh, a political gathering. And they're like, okay, I guess, I guess that's fine. Uh, and the next people we meet, Chase, uh, arguably the best character in the entirety of Narnian series. I don't know how you feel about him, but I love He's him. He's a fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. Um, and this is Reaper Chief, the mouse. Now, Aren't they one of the only good things about the movie. Oh, that's fair. Uh, I I respect that. Uh, you know, with the Voyage of the Dawn Treader and Prince Caspian, Reepicheep highlight uh, absolutely. Uh, but he, for those who don't know, and those who may have a uh, an aversion to mice, as you know many do, because you know mice and rats suck. Uh, but in this circumstance, this is a mouse that you want on your team because he is a foot long mouse who uh, is trained as a swordsman, Chase. Uh, he is, he is he is described as being uh like gay like happy and martial so he's he is a happy warrior uh what's the uh what's thor's friend the one that is basically that exact description but cord you talk about the giant rock guy no i'm talking about like the like uh his like original team before Thor got fun. Ah, ah, you're talking about like all the weird random, like 
yeah. like, as guardian warriors who get killed like in three seconds. Yeah, I'm thinking of like big bearded guy who's who's big drunk. bearded guy. I can see that it's basically him, but as a mouse, uh, and he's the best. And he also like is twirling his whiskers like a mustache. So he's like, I'm getting real like uh, three musketeers vibes from oh, yeah. from Reaper Cheap. Uh, and he goes, uh, there are 12 of us, sire, and I place all the resources of my people unreservedly at your majesty's disposal. And Caspian's being a real tool right here. And he's like laughing, like trying to hide it, but he's laughing at Reaper Chief's offer. And he's going to see how wrong he is when Reaper Chief starts doing work yeah, with Reaper his Chief sword. Is the OG. Reaper Chief, he, is, he, he, can, he can get the job done. I mean, he's Reaper, basically the Ant-Man of the, of the Narnia oh, yeah. war team. 100%. And Ant-Man can do work, man. Like, yeah. Uh, Ant-Man, so re- I, I rewatched the Ant-Man movie, uh, or the first one, like, last week. And he, he gets the job done. Like, he knows what he's yeah. doing. And like Reaper Cheap, also great comic relief. Great comic relief. Uh, real, you know, real Kingsman, uh, Reaper Cheap. Like real, you know, humble and respectful, but also is aware of, you know, what he is capable of doing. He knows that he's a warrior and he's going to show it and prove it. Uh, but we move, we move from Reaper Cheap. Uh, excited to get more of him later. Um, and you know we, you know, there's a list of you know creatures that's too long to mention, according to C.S. Lewis, like Clodsley Shovel, the Mole, and the three hard biters who were badgers, uh, Camillo, Cabello, the Hare, uh, just or just Camillo, Hogglestock. Uh, do what? Got a good voice that one. Yeah, uh, he loves it when you call him Senor Rabbit, uh, and uh, but yeah, and Hogglestock, the Hedgehog, uh, and they were all just chilling and. They're like, man, if only we had like some the spirits of the trees and the truffle hunters like, well, you know, ever since the humans came into the land, like i.e. the Talmarines, apparently, uh, they've been killing all the forests. And so the dryads and naiads have sunk into a deep sleep and they don't know if they'll ever stir again. Chase, do you think that's foreshadowing to a time later in this book where the trees are going to wake up? What? Nah, who could possibly? How could you? What? What could you? Why could you? What could you? Trees, waters, there's no way they could stir to being awake. You know, that's what imaginations it. you animals have. Yep. And Trumpkin. Trumpkin, this is like, it makes, I will say, the fact that this is Peter Dinklage in the movie makes Trumpkin really enjoyable to me. Yeah. Uh, because I like that it's because he's also, he has lit a pipe at this point. So he's yeah. smoking a pipe. Just being like, uh, what imaginations you have? And he's like Peter Dinklage. He's like trees and waters. Like, wouldn't it be nice if the stones just started throwing themselves at Old Moraz? Which is hilarious. Uh, like, and honestly, it's a fair point. It's a fair question. Yeah, fair point, and also triggers uh, <laughs> triggers Truffle Hunter. Absolutely, Truffle Hunter's pissed. Uh, he is not yeah. happy, and he gets real quiet for a while. It's a real awkward silence. But Chase, is that some music I hear? Chase, who do you think that is? Is that the Fonz music? Is that the Fonz? Hey. Sorry. F-A-U-N's, not the Fonz. F-O-N-Z. Much less exciting to me. Uh, unfortunately, it's just the Goatman, yeah. not uh, 
not our magic, uh, you know, Fonzarelli. Uh, yeah. but Definitely not as cool, but n- not as cool, but much more Narnian, and it makes way more sense. Uh, and you know, Caspian, uh, just like uh, Lucy, is immediately enraptured with the fawn, uh, with the with all of the fawns, uh, and just starts joining in them and with their dance. Doesn't know what he's doing, but you know, he's moving and trumpeting with you know little heavier and jerkier movements is he's also dancing he's having a great time truffle hunter is he's hopping around and nick a brick because you know he's the bad guy uh is just you know looming around in silence and just staying put because he he can't have fun you know just getting some good brooding in just getting a lot of good brooding in. hasn't had a good brooding session in a while and then you know they all pass out they have a huge huge rave uh like with all the narnians Everyone passes out, and then Caspian's like, "Man, can't believe the dream I just had!" And then sees all of the cloven hoof marks all through the grass, and is like, "Oh, it wasn't a dream. That was crazy." And won't you know it? That's literally the end of the chapter. Is realizing it wasn't a dream because it's always good to end a chapter on someone waking up. It's always great to have them waking up and not to anything unexpected. Just just waking up. Uh, and then you ask yourself, what happened in this chapter? And the answer is stuff, meetings. We we got a lot more Narnia in this chapter. That's why. Yeah, you get, you're just introduced to more Narnians. So, you know, that's something. But Chase, uh, do you have anything else before we dive further up and further in? Not really. Cool. I'm going to get us started. Uh, mine, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, relates to the historical forgetfulness of uh you know of, of bad doing of of mis of malfeasance of, of any of these things of you know after time passes you see this throughout history of like oh you know was this guy really that bad were these people really that was this time frame really that bad you see this through nickabrick being like hey i would support the white witch if it meant that she would help me destroy narnia now remember the White Witch, he says, where he treated the dwarves better, or she treated the dwarves better than anyone else did. This is a half truth. She, she, the dwarves were on her side, yes, but they were her slaves. They were people who she, you know, like beat and like mistreated and you know put through like torture. They were not her like loyal subjects who were you know super excited for her and that she was gonna you know bring into power with her. She was using them as tools, the same way that she would use a reindeer to pull her sled, like, or, you know, fill in the blank. She is, that is just, they are a beast of burden to her. And so Nickabrick is so far removed from this that he is saying, hey, I would prefer this. She was great to us, much better than anyone else has been, which is not true. But that's when he has been, you know, under the oppression and, uh, of the Tumarines and he's forgotten what it's like and like never really knew uh what it's like he has removed himself and it's it's this forgetfulness of history this is like people going now like oh man like you know like this person this ideology was it that bad like would that lead to disastrous consequences here like maybe we can learn some things from these terrible people uh and you know it's it's making people sympathetic who don't really deserve to be sympathetic uh and it's this interesting historical thought of you need to be reminded. This is the, you know, the ancient Israelites, like they, they were constantly had to be reminded by the Lord, like, Hey, 
I brought you out of Egypt where you were slaves. Like you were like, I had to rescue you from your slavery because the, the, they, the Jews were always like, Oh man, like was Israel really, or was Egypt really that bad? Like, man, at least we had food there. At least we had security there. And it's like, y'all were slaves. You were beaten. And so it's this forgetfulness of, of wrongdoing after a time period because you start to see things with rose-colored glasses and you need to be reminded of where you came from and where you are now and where you could be. Hmm. For my further up and further in, uh, really just looking at the theme or the, I don't know, the plot of this chapter, if you could call it that, uh, of Caspian the politician. And really what the crew is doing in this chapter is called political organizing. They're going around, they're building Caspian's support, his cause among people, and they're gathering them to organize in a unified way, to, to direct them all to common action. This is the core of any grassroots movement. Although at this point in Narnia, the grass has been sleeping for a long time, so it's not moving yet. Uh, but anyways, it's, it's necessary to do this to gather support. It's something that real politicians and community organizers have to do. It's what Kel mentioned earlier, like the mayor going around shaking hands, kissing babies. Like This is why scenes like this are often montaged into movies where the main character has to go and ingratiate themselves to a larger group because it's that classic situation of if you don't have support and need to gather support, well, the best way to win someone to your side is with a smile and a conversation. Um, and it's, uh, it's also the first act of any heist movie because, you know, it, you could kind of look at building an army as a sort of heist of, of a government. Um, yeah. But either way, it may not be the most exciting thing to, to watch or to fill the plot of a chapter with, uh, but building a coalition of support is an important step to accomplishing their cause, which is why that's where Caspian and the gang start, even if this chapter could have been a paragraph, but we get to dance with Fonz and, and A. Chase, the way that uh, supporter listeners of this podcast, the way that you can support this grassroots movement, uh, the way that you can you know, help us build the army that is the, the, the viewership of the Chronicles of Podcast is to go follow us on all of our social media accounts, mainly on Instagram at Chronicles of Podcast. Uh, we'll be posting updates on you know, all of our podcasts and when things are coming out and you can interact with us there. You can also share this podcast with all your friends. Uh, we are found anywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, but we are, you know, go share us with your friends, rate and review us, give us a five-star rating, leave us some comments, really helps us be found uh, in, you know, by other listeners. Uh, and just, you know, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of and what you're excited for in the future. But in the meantime, you know, we partied real hard in this podcast. We danced with the Fonz uh, and uh, had a great time. Now it's time to sleep and find out if this podcast is really happening or if it was just a dream. Hey. No, there's no way that any of that, like most people have read like, you know, The Great Divorce or The Four Loves or 
you know, fill in the blank. It's something that pastors know it's popular to quote. And so they look up like quotes on Goodreads instead of actually reading the whole what Mm. he says. Well, that would be so much work. And that's true. And you can't expect pastors to do anything between Sunday and Saturday. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Uh, Having to show up to a job. Oh, what the secretary's there for? Yeah, what do you know? What do we pay them for? Come on, uh, how am I supposed to be in a how how am I supposed to be apostolic if you're busying me with like you know loving people throughout the week? True, true. 